Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Disintegrated Einstein. Einstein. It's a mini-sode. Hi, it's Frida. And it's Abby. There's a hidden message coming through the airwaves, but the sheeple are too busy looking on the horizon for signs of Icarus. If they would only look to the blood, they'd find that 51 was the real answer to the universe. Shh, it's a secret. We are on episode one of our brand new miniseries, Shh, it's a secret. And today we're talking the inventor. I'm for blood in Silicon Valley. Innovation is the key to Silicon Valley. If you want to succeed, you need to get ahead. And blagging is just part of the game. But how far are you willing to go? When the blag becomes a lie, are you prepared to trade your glass house for prison bars? Frida. I'm so excited to talk about this. You don't understand. Okay, I have to tell you. I have seen this documentary three times and I have listened to the entire podcast series about it. I'm fascinated by this whole thing. I have so many feels ranging from incredulous to completely anger related to just complete dumbfoundedness. And I'm just so excited that I finally actually get to talk about this with somebody. (laughs) How are you feeling? And that somebody is me. Yes. (laughs) I... Yeah, I think actually, unlike you, I had a more superficial interest in the topic. Uh, Mm. I think I listened to one podcast on it. Um, So I was like, and a lot of the topics in this miniseries are topics that I was sort of waiting to get involved with. I was sort of like, let me just wait until it all dies down. (laughs) So it was like so delicious. (laughs) Finally getting into it. I'm excited. Delicious. I love it. That's a great way to put it. Uh, so what's your first reaction, thoughts? Well, I literally, um, I'm just, I, I'm answering that quite literally because when the film started, the intro was like so mm. great that by the time the film started, I was buzzing. I was like, yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> like the intro was just so spicy mm. that uh, yes. I just sat down to watch it and I was just like, mm. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's my answer to the question, I guess. Okay. <laughs> but, um, first was, yeah. Uh, and I, and I did, I, I, you know, I felt that way throughout the film. It just, the juiciness of it was just, it, it was nonstop. The, the yes, things that kept thing. coming, that was just like, nah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't disappoint. Like it doesn't build you up to something and then you're just kind of like, oh, it falls a bit flat or anything. No, it's like the whole way through. You're just like, fuck. <laughs> Yeah, it keeps happening. That's so it good. just keeps getting madder and madder in my mind. <gasps> tea? Is it tea? Tea! Tea! Oh. I love you. Oh. Thank you. Tea. I'm going to start crying. <laughs> Emotional. I'm so happy. Okay, so we both have tea now. We're both happy. Okay. <laughs> now, now we can progress with the inventor. Uh, okay, so... What I feel like we should just kind of get like we'll do a couple of bits here, but we should pretty much get straight into it as well, because there's so much to discuss that I think comes up in our questions that we've laid out for this episode. Mm -hmm. 
So, but definitely something that we said we were going to talk about is production notes. So mm-hmm. how do you feel about the the creation of this documentary and how they how they filmed it? So I have one thing about that, but then I just I also wanted to bring up the direct the, the director of mm. go, of this uh, film is a man called Alex Gibney, and okay. he did a movie called Going Clear. Um, you know, it was like five years ago. I can't remember about Scientology. I don't know oh. if you saw that, but it was so well vetted. It had like so many lawyers mm. going over it because you know they're brutal Scientology. Yeah. I watched that. I think I'm, I did yeah. see that one. Yeah. I watched it on YouTube yeah. on my phone. I was I was away with my family and uh, in a hotel with Raf. He was sleeping and I watched it like as he was like while he was waiting to go to sleep yeah. in the evenings on the toilet, like in the bathroom of the hotel. On my phone. <laughs> it's so good. And as soon as I started watching it, you know, Scientology was like bombarding me on YouTube with like the um, oh. the mm. anyway. So, yeah, Alex Gibney, I feel like he's so well trusted. So it helped yeah. me when I watched it. I just knew he, I could trust that he was researching it well and he wasn't being a sensationalist. So I think that that's yeah. it's helpful. That's the thing. I found like the whole way through because they had this footage uh, from this interview that they had done with her. And then they obviously had all the footage from all these all the other appearances. But then they just had all these people that were involved. And there was just so much, it, it just felt really valid, everything that was kind of happening. Yes. Yeah. And I suppose it is, it, it like it was such a public thing, but then it was also one of those things where it just gets to a point where you're going, there's so much information here that like it doesn't need to be sensationalized. It doesn't need any extra thing given to it other than to just give us the facts because the facts in themselves are mm-hmm. completely bonkers. But I thought the style of it was, I, I I found the style, it just, it was stylish. Like I just enjoyed watching mm. it as well. Just the way that they visualized everything in the, the kind of, the scenes in between the interview pieces. I just enjoyed that. Well, speaking of that, and I, I, I just, I think about, you know, they have to intercut something between interviews just for some sort of visual stimulation. Mm. I think it's called the B-roll. I think that's what the B-roll is. It's like the footage that you play in the background of the actual content. And, and so they had this black and white film stuff that was like cut in as the B-roll. And honestly, oh, yes. I didn't get really what was the point of it. And I didn't think that it came together at the end. Like what was the black and white imagery supposed to be doing for me? I didn't understand it. Honestly, either I'm missing something or it was clunky, I, but I didn't get I it. I thought the black and white imagery was about the kind of the history, just about the fact of her whole gambit is following through, like inventors through history and, mm. and becoming a part of history. And it was, I thought the whole point was ah. like showing the historical aspects of all this stuff. And then that contrast between what was actually happening in the real in, in the real world, but in, in the world now, in this mm. story. It was like comparing her kind of how I read it. Like Edison and then just comparing her to like bootleggers or um, yeah. anybody, uh, grifters. I, all right, I see. And it kind of turned her into mm. the black and white film at the end. I, right. Making some sort of statement, but still, I was just like, oh, all right. Um, okay. <laughs> you could have just shown a B-roll of like the countryside just to calm me down. I would have been happy. But just just on the note, because you said, you know, the lack of sensationalism and it's such a crazy story, you don't need to. 
The thing that pissed me off originally about the story was the total obsession people had over what she wore, what she looked like, and the way her mm. voice sounded. And I always mm. felt like I always felt like that was that was super sexist, and I always felt like it was irrelevant and unnecessary. And this movie, it like touches on it so mildly, but it just it it doesn't go into like that's how we know she's a psychopath because she made her yeah. voice deeper. Maybe we're gonna talk about that later, but um. This movie, like, it just focused on the interesting facts. It didn't try to make yeah. a circus out of her. And I appreciated that a lot. Yeah, that's true. It's like, here, here's all the little kind of bits and pieces that we know. But, like, the real main meat of it is, like, this, the, the science. It's exactly what was happening within the company. And it's it's about fraud and, and things like that. So they really tried to focus on that because... You don't, as as we said, like you don't need to sensationalize anything about her herself for the story. The story itself of what what actually happened is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna. There's so many things we're gonna get into this and just okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any people or moments that you kind of want to pick out before we get into our questions? Yes, there is one person that I don't have coming up later. And that is the grandson, the Schultz mm. grandson. I thought yeah. he was fantastic. He was so, there was something so earnest and transparent about him. Yeah. So real, so innocent that he's like, wow, I'm going to intern. Like just the innocence of that. And the fact that he's like, whoa, everything here doesn't make sense. And like yeah. he was just completely truthful. And I thought that the part about the 42.9%, uh, you know, the number that appeared twice yeah. once uh, when he sent it to the Wall Street Journal and then a personal email and that was how they put it together. The fact that he tried to give his grandfather a way out. He's like, wow, he survived Watergate. Like, I don't want this to be yeah. at the age of 97, however old he was. I thought he was just so likable and it did a lot for the film. Absolutely. That was the thing. It was I. I really enjoyed him, and I. I enjoyed the story as well of the the other girl who I. I didn't write down any names to be honest. Yeah. Um. The but the the whistleblower. Basically, it was like the two of them kind of were out on their own. Like they were the two that were like, okay, we like I'm kind of ready to make sort of a stand. I'm ready to talk to someone, but they didn't know about each other, so they felt like they were alone in oh, yeah. fighting against this yeah. and really stuck and. Just like the the horror for her of, you know, feeling like you're just being like when, when you feel like you're I mean, I say it as if I know I don't know. But the feeling of being stalked or pressurized, you know, even the guys turning up to the grandfather's house for the grandson by a big company that, you know, you don't have the capacity to fight because you don't have money. Yeah. And that's what it is. And that's what how these places are able to take advantage. So it was just great. Mm hmm how they were both able to kind of persevere and just give the information and the facts spoke for themselves and helped everyone get mm-hmm. out of that situation. Yeah, absolutely. Both of them. Okay. So let's okay, get into questions. our first question then. Well, our first question is more of a discussion. So it's just like, we'll just have a chat about the science that actually occurs in, in this documentary about like how it's being used and represented and what, basically what, what was going on so just to give a little bit of a run sort of a background to it for or a, a rough breakdown basically we're talking about 
a person who set up a company who has no medical background but had a lot of money and a lot of connections and her goal is a noble goal of taking away the need for people to get vials of blood taken by needle and then sent away for testing and also making blood testing more accessible to the masses on a wider range and we all know that healthcare in America is not the best we we had a whole conversation on a patch adams um uh episode about the mm-hmm. healthcare system and how it works around the world so she was had this noble goal of trying to improve that for some people and this idea that just getting your blood tested by a small prick on the finger to draw a couple of drops that can then be mixed with reagents and tested for up to 200 assays as they call them uh is was the general idea However, what the documentary shows us is that there was no practicality regarding the size of the machining required to do this, no consideration for how things could actually be achieved and validated, and it appeared that there was only a care for being told yes. Do you think that that's a reasonable assessment? Uh, Yes and no. Um, okay. And, and the reason why, no, I'll, it's one of my other questions. But um, yeah, I think that the, the brilliance of this um, is that it's so easy to believe it's possible to, make, to miniaturize things these days. Yeah. And her TED talk, which was just brilliant, I mean, her posture and her eye contact is, she's so talented. And mm. um, she evokes ideas, phones, computers. To convince people that it's almost obvious, why hasn't it been done already? Like, if we can miniaturize this, we can miniaturize that. Um, yeah. And so just the brilliance of, of, of all of that, um, it's almost distressing. <laughs> but yes, it's, yeah. I, yes, what you said is, yes, that's the gist of the technology that we're trying to do and the fact that, uh, yeah, they just didn't want to hear that, like, it's, it's not big enough. They didn't want to hear it. They weren't interested. Yeah, it like to me, I don't know how, like, so maybe, maybe this cuts into something else for you in a while, but it seemed to me like it was just a cl- a case of bad research integrity in what they were doing. Like we, we learn about that. We all have to learn about this when we go into science. We all have mm-hmm. to do our research integrity courses. And basically you cannot manipulate your results to fit your system. You adapt the yes. system to give you accurate results. Yes. But. Yeah. Yeah. She. Uh- and Sunny were like, no, we don't want to make a bigger fucking box. So. Yeah, but at, and the laziness, the thing which got me as well was the utter laziness around validation of tests. Yeah. I mean, that was shocking and upsetting. The 65% sensitivity, meaning that, what, what is that? Out of all the positive cases of syphilis, syphilis, mm. only 65% of those positive cases are detected as positive. And the, the lack of care about those numbers, the lack of care yeah. about validating a test. I mean, like, uh, that's what I do is validate tests, you know, and then the this idea the that thing. it's going out in the world without a correct validation and the lack of care yeah. of that is insane. And what happens when you fucking productionize and capitalize on medicine? This, this is it, right? Because when I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about research and I'm thinking about experiments and results and all that kind of stuff. The thing is, if I fuck up my experiment and I get bad results, 
yeah, it's bad. Like if I, or if I manipulate my experiment, I'm part of a collaboration. I fuck up the collaboration. I embarrass a bunch of people. I waste a lot of money. Maybe I screw up funding and, and certain things, but I don't risk anyone's fucking life. This is a situation where what you're doing by having, by not caring about the validation or not caring about the accuracy or the sensitivity of your equipment or not listening to the people that are know how this works, know what they're doing and are telling you what you want isn't possible, we need to do this and just being told, well, we're going to get rid of you and get someone else in instead. Mm-hmm. It's just mad to me, especially when we're talking about fucking medicine. Mm-hmm. Like it's people's lives. It's just... Yeah. I I work in medical diagnostics. So I felt personally... Yeah. <laughs> hurt by this. Personally attacked. Hurt. I felt personally yeah. attacked and Yeah, I mean there is a standard and it should be kept to the highest degree of rigor. And it's not the fucking wild wild west. And fuck her. And this is why there's a bad reputation, honestly. This is why in America yeah. people have a lack of distrust. It's because of this bullshit. Yeah. Uh, but what it translates to is it's a distrust in scientists and you're sitting there going, she wasn't a fucking scientist. No. She ignored the scientists. That's the point. As did they all, which I'll talk about later. Yeah. But can I just add one other thing about the mm. science of the film, which I thought was kind of the essential to the film, even though it isn't about the blood tests? Uh, is Is that Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so I just think that that they had this psychologist talking the whole time because the thing about the film and the the whole thing is like, how Mm. can you convince yourself of this? How can you lie that much? How can you go this far? And I honestly felt his whole speech with the dice experiment. People rolling the dice and like they have to think beforehand whether the top and the bottom of where it lands is their answer and they get the money. And so they always okay. lie to get more money. And yes. then when you're told that the money goes to charity, you lie even more. However, the lie detection tests show that, and they can tell that you're lying because of statistics, you know, they know what's possible. Yeah. You stop feeling stressed when you know that the money's going to charity. The lie detection test doesn't pick up on you lying when the money isn't going to you because you feel guilty. And the whole idea that yeah. like, because she arguably and i have an argument against it knew she was doing it for a good reason she was not stressed about the lies she was telling because it was for a good cause yeah and i thought that that was fascinating it is and it, it ties into they brought it up as well at one point about just the nature of silicon valley that you fake it till you make it like that, that is just the thing that you do a lot of companies do that a lot of people they will pretend that they are further along or that their stuff is working better than it really is when they have that belief where like well we will get it there and I do think that there is an argument for that in certain like in certain cases where absolutely I do believe that if you know for sure I'm going to be able to get this work but it's just going to take me two months longer that you're going to blag it a little bit like look whatever I'm sure everyone does that oh it's working but to drag something out for like how many years to convince people to continue to fund to falsify information in order to get that funding that's an entirely different story mm. okay so should we move into the next question absolutely <laughs> is there else that we think we should talk about 
Okay. So question – oh, no, question number two is your question. So do you want to ask question number two? Yeah, my question was, was what is something from the film that shocked or upset you? Abby. Um, I think the thing that's really always stuck in my mind throughout all of it, it's the entire bit of information that we get from Professor Phyllis Gardner and Professor Channing Robertson. The information about that exchange where Elizabeth goes to Phyllis Gardner first and she basically says, that's not going to work. And she goes away and she comes back and she tries again and she's like, I'm telling you, that's not going to work. And then Elizabeth Holmes just goes to Channing Robertson and he says, I'm going to leave my tenure position at Stanford as head of the science department and come work for you. And there was something about that that just made me go, what did she have that convinced him to do that? Like, is it just purely a belief that the noble, like the noble cause and the potential of what it could be? What do you think? Um, it's probably the worst part of the whole story is, is that. And everything that's sort of similar yeah. to that in terms of her, her convincing. Look, I don't even want to think about it because it hurts yeah. me to think that somebody can be convinced. Especially when you see this zero bullshit professor who's like, uh, no. Um, yeah. I don't want to think about it. I just it. think about it like upset, how many people, upsetting. how many people from big corporations that we learned about as we were looking through like as aside from him how many other people left their jobs left the big companies that they worked for their senior positions to come and work for the startup out of this belief of what could be achieved and whose lives have been completely ruined i just find that mm-hmm. completely bonkers and not just because it failed it's not because it was a failed thing there is failure all the time in companies but because it was so avoidable I think I think that's what really got me. It was like this was avoidable because I genuinely believe that with proper guidance and attention, they probably could have achieved something similar to what they were looking for. I just I think it could have I think it could have been done. I think all those people are so obsessed with finding the next big thing because you have all of these investments that people just miss out yeah. on. They're like, if I only this and if I only that. And getting rich off of stuff and the next this and the next that. I think it might be that of being told this is the next big thing. Yeah. Um, Uh, Or fear missing out probably. Not one. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. What was your bit? What was your thing that you learned that shocked or upset you? The thing in the film which absolutely bothered me and shocked me. And this is my addendum to question one, which is what you were saying about the science mm-hmm. and, and her intention of miniaturizing, is the idea when they started talking about ordering your own blood tests and then the idea that you'd Google up answers to the, you know, Google up to understand oh. what it said is so horrifying and yet such a clearly brilliant money-making scheme, right? right. She talks in terms of being in charge of your own data because it's really something that people listen to these days, right? The brilliance yeah. of that uh, that sort of perspective on what she was doing. You should be in charge. She knows exactly who and what she's catering to. It is bullshit from beginning to end. 
Being yeah. able to order and carry out your own blood tests and get results is the single most brilliant money-making idea, which is also one of the most corrupt anti-science things I've ever heard of. I don't believe for a second that she was like, oh, needles are so pricky. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, finger pricks. Fuck that. I mean, yes, no one likes needles, but it's it's okay. Yeah. No one, likes, no one likes fingerprints either. You know, fingerprints are pretty miserable. They fingerprint and they have to squeeze the blood out of your finger. I mean, that's also nasty. Right. I believe that she had this brilliant idea because she sees this capitalist hellhole that America is and the kind of people a lot of Americans are and goes, if you can find a way to give people power of ordering their own tests, imagine all this fucking crazy people would do to order tests. Make them cheap, give them yeah. the results. They can go to their doctors and say, see, they're in us. And the doctors are in total hell. I mean, it's a capitalist yeah. dream. It's brilliant. It's absolutely corrupt. It's horrifying. It's disgusting. It's nauseating. And when that part of the movie came along, I thought, well, it, it, this was her, it, was a, it was a business idea from the beginning, not a science idea. Yeah. And I'm horrified. Okay. I suppose that's the thing. It's like, because I guess there's a difference between wanting to persevere with something because you actually want to provide a system. Like, if she wanted to provide something that worked well, they would have worked towards that and then they would have tried to miniaturize that or tried to improve that as they went on. But she seemed to get this, like, in her head of this specific thing and that was the thing that she was pitching and that was the thing that was getting her the money. So that was what she needed to focus on. And mm. that kind of does explain like the actions a little bit more if it's more focused on, oh, just being able to sell it rather than being able to achieve the thing that you're claiming yeah. that you want early to achieve, diagnostic. which is, yeah. Yeah. Dense, I found it interesting early, as well. Early, that like yeah. It, yeah. It, just the fact that what they, what they found out what started the kind of thing of finding it out was the um, the the thyroid tests because that's what I have to get done. I have to get my blood checked regularly. I don't. I it's not as regularly now. But I was kind of like the part of me would be like, oh, it would be so much easier for me when my doctor orders my blood test for me to just be able to walk in, do a little pinprick and walk away, and then get my results and be like, cool. I know what my TSH is, and that's great. I know whether my medication is normal or not. But like you need it to work <laughs> to yeah that. if it's not so. possible it's not possible but that's something that is like a known thing that a doctor has determined and i and i need to check but just this random idea of just being able to just self-diagnose that's the thing that's what i mean yeah it's, it's like yeah i get the early diagnostics picking things up it's like i've said that in so many pictures by the way yeah <sighs> You know, what we're talking about here is early diagnostics. You want to pick up on it before. Da, 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 da. I know that shit. I've said it so many times myself. I get it. Okay, cool. And for one test, you can get everything. It's like, great. Cool. Great idea. We wish we could all have it. Awesome. And so many people are working towards this in so many ways. The not having any um, invasion. Yes. So many people are working towards this. And, and I get it. Um, we're not living in Gattaca, though. Um, just as an example, 
non-invasive lung function testing, which is robust and picks up on early changes. Would be revolutionary because there aren't really lung function tests which can pick up on something early. Lung, lung function testing is really uh, hasn't changed in like 80 years and um, it's invasive often when done correctly because um, you have to be you know, intubated or, or put things inside you or, or given sort of things to drink, whatever. I don't know. But, yeah, you know, that's for like one thing. You know what I'm saying? Like the amount of work and investment for this one test, for this one mm. thing and the investment and the like stages and, and the like what it takes realistically to have that work on humans, like probably like that is so much development. And then she's like, one fingerprint, 200 tests. Like, fuck off. Yeah. It's just, just pulling a number out of the fucking air. That's what it is as well. It's just basically air. like, yeah, let me just sell this, um, this, this number rather than what it can actually do yeah. or what, what we could work towards being able to do. Uh, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think the end of the day, the idea of selling cheap tests to uh, certain kinds of Americans. Yeah was uh, so tempting yeah it's the no it's um it's a it's a very classic thing isn't it it's like i'm gonna disguise my my kind of i don't know corporate greed behind a noble cause by making you think i'm doing something that's benefiting you and mm. really it's kind of like gambling isn't it a little bit it's like just taking advantage of people who yeah want to you know, making it easier for somebody to just go and throw all their money yeah. at something because like, oh, but you could win big, you could win big, you could uh, get it. You all know. the people with the functional neurological disorders, as they're called now, you know, people with, with symptoms and have no seemingly no cause whatsoever who end up going to doctors for years and years and years and thinking that they have something wrong with them. Like mm -hmm. what now when they can do all their own blood tests and those blood tests aren't validated? I mean, it, it, what a nightmare yeah. already for doctors with those kinds of things. But it also makes you think like, it also makes you think those board meetings with all these fucking mm. capitalists, none of which are medical or doctors, and the excitement they probably had over the cheap tests that people could do on themselves. Yeah. It it it, it turns my stomach. Well, that I mean, that's the only reason, really. Oh, do you know what? I'm going to keep that. We're, we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's move yeah. into question three. Yeah. Uh, question number three is, what do you think the impact is on society and the science community? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's huge. I have mm. a whole just stream of consciousness thing because okay, it's huge. Well, we spoke about the, the, the fact that people do lie, the fact that people do pump things up, you know. So it's yeah. the dishonesty in Silicon Valley exposing that. The lack of interest yeah. in scientific rigor of the investors. The obsession mm. with image. The upset, PR image. The obsession with legacy, yeah. you know, that a lot, there was a legacy with a lot of these people, the investors. The obsession with everything that isn't just hard and careful work. Yeah. The obsession with stand-up meetings, pump-ups. Eh, woohoo! Mm. You know, these companies, the list goes oh, on. Oh, God, that, that intro moment when they... No, 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 no. Can't touch this. For, for, all, for the FDA like, approval for... This is the for... most awkward thing I've ever watched in my life. Yeah, the FDA yeah, approval the FDA. for cold sores oh. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. The obsession with, oh, the youngest ever self-made billionaire. 
the obsession of young people with a vision wanting to skip all the steps and make it big. I feel like yeah. this event has traumatized everybody and collapsed all those things in on itself. That's This oh, brilliant yeah. person dropped out, <gasps> made rich without education. And the next Steve Jobs and the obsession over wanting to believe that. I feel like these ideas have been going on for the last couple of decades, this obsession. Mm-hmm. And this has put, taken all of that and brought it to a screeching halt. I hope anyway. Yeah. The, it's... It's what you said there about the the this this brilliant person dropped out. And it's it's this idea that, you know, genius is born instead of recognizing mm-hmm. that rather than taking an idea, getting the education within that, building on it, learning about it, growing it, all that happened was somebody went and tried to find whichever way they could manipulate the system, manipulate people and manipulate uh, the, all of these desires or all of these mm-hmm. obsessions in order to create a false image of something instead of actually putting the work in and mm-hmm. creating an actual fucking thing. And I... <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna get really angry right now. So Can I wrote go my to your answer. I, I got yeah. Can yeah. I just do that and then let's mm-hmm. talk about it because I wrote this down. Because my biggest problem, from every single time I have listened to this, watched this, and this is why I'm so obsessed with this story, is because all the well-known and famous founders that we know, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, Google dudes whose names I do not know, they were all men. And Elizabeth Holmes came along and she had the potential to turn it all on its head, step out as a female founder that could have stood among tech giants if the con like because I do believe that the concept could have been achievable. Her ambition could have been harnessed into a great product and a thriving company, but she decided that it was more beneficial to her goals to lie and cheat and con. And what infuriates me more than anything is that she didn't need to and she could have succeeded. I actually do believe she could have succeeded, maybe over a long period of time, maybe not to the success of what the lie is, but she could have been a successful company. And I think that's what the scientists were saying as well. They were just like, you know, reduce the number of tests, increase the size of the machine. Like it's, there are things that we can do if you just listen to us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I'm so angry because I am angry at her. I am angry at Elizabeth Holmes because it's hard enough for women in these industries and for CEOs and founders to get backing and support and she fucking had it. She could have succeeded. She could have trickled it down to inspiration and support for other women getting into tech industries, being investors, being founders, being inventors. And I think instead she created a lot of damage for women moving forward in this industry and I'm fucking angry at her for it. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Wow. That's well, over. I'll tell you one thing. She's more ruthless than any of those men. You know? Yeah. Because Steve Jobs, although people, you know, talk about him like he's a god, I think that the movies are about him and, and it's been exposed that actually he was fucking ruthless. Yeah. That she's more ruthless and more willing to do things. And in that way, she kind of does a little bit women proud in a weird way. But um, I couldn't agree with you more. 
I'm so distressed at this, especially because she's like, she flew the flag. Of course she did for so mm. long. All these women were appointed CEOs. I founded it. I'm the inventor. And the image of her was so tempting. Um, yeah. But we all, ha- you know, we all, we all, we all. What about the woman who was behind the fucking um, mRNA vaccines? I mean, we'll see what happens to her in terms of history remembering her. But the, what about the woman that isolated the AIDS or the breast cancer gene? I mean, there are women. There are women. But. You know, they, yeah. they don't have the ruthlessness and the PR skills that this one did. And um, it will get there. We'll get there. But the thing that put me off so much about this story is the things people said about her, which hurt me deeply as a woman. And I, I one of the, I mean, look, the fact that all of them were old men, that, that um, yeah, it does beg the question. I agree. Like, but that's their fucking fault. And oh, okay, question five, question five. Yeah. But. That's their fault. Um, I, as a woman in the world who has been taking my power away for a while, you know, has experienced, you know, not, you know, having power removed at times in my life. I I don't have any shame in using my female allures in order to get anything Mm. because that's what I have. And just... I can use those to get ahead. And also those are, those have been used against me and to disempower me too. Yeah. There is nothing wrong with using everything you have and we've talked about this. And I don't like the fact that people demonize her for that because it is hard as a woman to be taken seriously. It is hard to be, you know, accused of your femaleness. And I don't think anything is wrong with using the fact that, that men look at woman a certain way, using that. I don't think there's anything yeah. wrong with that, right? As long as you're everything else, all your ducks in a row. The idea that she wore black with the turtlenecks and the voice was deep as well, like the fact that she's accused of that as well is so fucking upsetting to me as well. And I, I killed me because every woman in science knows, like it's a whole thing, politics about what you wear. I mean, you think yeah. about it a lot. And the way you talk, you think about it a lot. I, I hate it that that is the things that people talk about yeah. as, as opposed to her fraud. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's it's so personal. And I don't want it to be personal because I would never lie like this. But it is personal because I know it makes people distrust women. And it's, they already distrust pers- women. Yeah, and that's what the the problem is. Is I, I agree with you in that I, I do think that we all use what we what we have to our advantage to move forward like everyone does that men do it and women do it so like i don't think there's anything wrong with using charm and um like presentation skills and like pr skills Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff to get people on your side mm-hmm. to move your company forward or to get into the spotlight or to get funding mm-hmm. so long as you have a solid idea great as soon as you start ignoring the people that work for you ignoring the experts who are telling you this isn't working we need to change this or we need to do that or, or like this isn't safe as soon as you start ignoring those people you lose any sympathy from me whatsoever and that's when I will turn and go no 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 because now you're using your powers for evil. 
it's yeah. just yeah i don't know i i just i think you're right as well it's like it's there is just damage on but potentially maybe the damage to what the damage and the impact from this to silicon valley might actually be positive i think the damage is more to capitalism than anything else to be perfectly yeah. honest and and uh, extra academic um science work i I think that is why generally when you have nobel prizes for great things that you have your pr guy and you always have the guy in the background it's always man sorry but it is like Mm. even with apple like you you have people in the background that are more technical the cto versus the ceo so the fact that elizabeth holmes you know wrapped everything into one and that was part of her whole thing but but the fact that she was being dishonest about that she didn't have Mm. a technical partner who was in the background and that is a red flag um she she was uh, everything but um the woman thing it fucks me up because women are distrusted Uh, women are accused of you know using things like that and you have the old lilith and this historical idea of women being you know out to trap you and i fucking hate that Or, or women being accused of using their femaleness you know like um yeah yeah so it hurts it hurts me and fuck her and all right question four yeah that's good question four is an easy one it's just a film highlight so it doesn't have to be something that disturbed Mm. you but a film highlight abby do you have a film highlight for us yeah when george schultz finally got on his grandson's side i was just really happy i was so worried the whole way through that he was gonna die yeah it's just like don't die before you get on your grandson's side please please and that line of you're not an idiot but you're wrong it's like just brilliantly yeah. grandfatherish yeah <laughs> yeah that was great mm. so that yeah that was it for me i was i was just really happy for him that he able to he was able to have that moment with his granddad before he passed away so i just thought that was nice i know uh, what was yours oh god the poor engineers that sequence where the guy describes the needles moving around splattering blood having to go in oh. with your fingers with the gloves and the needles the the First of all, that guy just being incredulous and laughing as he's saying it because it's so funny. And I yeah. love that he has this story. And he, he gets to tell people this. Like, he's just this guy that's like, mate, mate. Okay. But I love the contrast between the squeaky sort of vision, this vision, and the gross, icky yeah. reality. The glamour. Oh, wow, we got FDA. How about that FDA? And the fact that the technicians are like, no. Yeah. Uh, but it made me go who are all those people in the room who are dancing and cheering is that just all of like the and i don't mean this disrespectfully but was that just all the admin staff who had no idea what was going on in the actual lab <laughs> what the fuck it was perfection perfection oh God. like that's the truth i love that you can't like the technician knows <laughs> yeah oh that one's just <laughs> juicy that's okay it. so our last question question okay. number five whose side are you on I wrote the, the professor of medicine at Steph, that lady. <laughs> Phyllis Gardner. <laughs> oh my I God. love how just like no nonsense she was. What she was, was like, she that's not going to work. It's just like, you can't do, what are you talking about? That's what? She, I, I, like, I, all... <laughs> she, she says something about all the people that were duped. She was like, excuses are like assholes. Everybody has one. And yeah. I was like, yeah, you're so right. Even Roger Parloff, the one who put her on the cover of Fortune, right? He was yeah. so distressed 
And then he wrote another one just to be like, I'm just stressed about this Wall Street Journal article and I'm the one that put her on the cover. And the fact that like, it wasn't like she was going into, um, uh, uh, you know, when the PR disaster happens and they go into whatever it's called. Yeah. She was, she was hiding at Harvard. It's like she actually knew and she just was hiding, getting like an honorary doctorate. Yeah. And he was so distressed. Yeah, so- but I was like, what's your excuse, Roger Parloff? You're a okay, journalist. Well, thank you. Because okay, well, yeah, go. Ahead. Okay, tell me. <laughs> was I'm on-, on his side? <laughs> it was my answer. <laughs> Please tell me your thoughts. No, but it's it's just exactly what you said. I just felt for him. I felt for him that he was like uh, exactly exactly as you just said. He's a journalist. He like he has all this integrity. It's the Wall Street Journal and. He wrote this whole article about her, but then that also shows you like the level of what she was able to do. Mm. Like, there's a there's a point where I'm like, yeah, we can blame all the people that were duped, and then there's a point where you go, okay, but how can you dupe that many fucking people? It's a it's a pyramid scheme, and then using the excuse as well of the trade secrets, like we can't give trade secrets, which I guess must just be something that must be quite normal in silicon valley for people to have let that get away for so long Mm. not the fda the fda is like "Mm -mm." so that that was all i just i felt for him when he wrote that because then i felt like as a journalist to then have to come around afterwards Mm. and be like basically feel like my entire career has been fucked yeah because i didn't see through this one fucking person oh my god so many people yeah but then on the other hand, you have some people being interviewed who just the smallest amount of due diligence was enough. Yeah. Just the knowledge that the entire board was non-medical was enough for some people. Like, I think when a company, you know, bad. turns up, the thing is she was already so big. That's the issue. You always yeah. get suspicious always when a company comes for invest, invest. Always be suspicious. But I guess if so many people had, that's why I say pyramid scheme. If so many people had piled on already, it builds the legacy. You know, mm-hmm. the legacy element is attached to it. I believe she was a capitalist and so ready to get corrupted. It was like she couldn't fucking wait yeah. to get corrupted. Fuck her. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, do you have final comments? Um, I have one and I have two. I have two. Okay, I've just got the one, so you go ahead. I really liked the um, the Wall Street Journal headline was so understated, and I loved that. Um, it mm. said, hot startup Theranos has struggled with its blood test technology. I love that it was the article which ruined them, but it it didn't have a clickbaity headline. It was just like, yeah, mm. and I, I, I liked uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> Give me well, your second one. Just Ian Gibbons suicide. I was oh. the worst, the worst thing. It's one of the sad. I, 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 Every time I get to that point with with it, watching it, I just the emotion that I feel for for him, for his wife, for like his whole family. Just I can't. I don't think I can adequately express it. Like, mm. yeah, I, yeah. I just have no doubt that she just her actions and the company's actions just destroyed Mm -hmm. a scientist that's a human cost so you know they're really guilty in my books at that point like you can't just skim over human cost and nobody falls for the fact oh he had problems yeah no shut up people 
do commit suicide because of things that they feel are so convinced will have ruined them that they just can't yeah. even see a way forward. And that does happen and it is their fault and fuck them and they're guilty. Yeah. There's a human life. There's nothing that is more important. Yeah. Considering this is a fucking medical enterprise for fuck's sake. Exactly. Ugh. Ugh. Okay, so I'm just going to end final it comment. with my final comment, which is if I ever have to hear the sound of Elizabeth Holmes spouting out another fucking quote from Edison or Martin Luther King or any other fucking person that she wants to just take their words and try to use as if like you have not earned the right to quote great people stop shut up it infuriated me every time and they every time and it was just like you're just you're just regurgitating shit this is all part of your PR campaign and I'm just sick of it stop it Oh, we called our machine the Edison because, you know, you fail 10,000 times. Would you get it on the 10,001st? Shut up. Failed Stop it. 10,001st times. Yeah. Just. Just don't take those words and turn it around when what you're doing is complete fucking charlatan. PR. Such bullshit. Have you ever been on LinkedIn? It's become this weird uh, cult of people pumping each other up with dumb quotes. Shut up. Fuck off. <laughs> when just, did it become so gross? <laughs> I have a LinkedIn account, but I, I just never, ever, ever log into it. <laughs> the like, fact that it automatically gives you a, a job update and then people put in the boilerplate like responses and just click it. Congrats. And you're like, I, yeah. it's not. Shut up. It, it, LinkedIn <laughs> is basically the same thing. <laughs> All right. Okay. So that's the end of our very first episode on Shh, It's a Secret. Yeah. <laughs> Worst title Abby has come up with for a miniseries so uh, far. <laughs> down, 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 down. What's next? Bow, What's next? Bow, can't touch this. Uh, in two weeks' time, we're so we're going to go with something a little bit less controversial. Uh, <laughs> behind the curve. Okay. Another thing that I have not looked into, I didn't want to give this topic one bit of oxygen yeah. enough that it's already had. I have not looked into it at all. And now I'm like finally allowing myself to do it. I, I'm just like, yes, finally it's I get to. Be, I get it's going to be fun. It's either going to be fun or infuriating. <laughs> we'll see. Fascinating, I'm sure. Okay, see you, see you in two weeks. Bye.